Hello, you lovely Leeliters out there. Today's after party is a little different, as we were delightfully invited to be guests on the Game All Night Show, which is a YouTube channel, the late night board game talk show, hosted by Chris Whitpan with Dan the Bartender. And they have on a plethora of, of amazing guests, which we unfortunately are now on that same list that kind of brings the quality of it down, I would say probably significantly. But we had so much fun uh, being interviewed. Chris is an amazing host. I can't believe he was able to keep us all as in line as we, we can get, basically. And I know um, I would, of course, hate to speak for, for the rest of the party, but we all had such a, such a fun time being on, on his show. And, and he was generous enough to, to give me the audio so we could kind of do a, a cross-promotion. Cross so what you're going to be hearing on our feed is actually just, you know, one half of what will be featured on their YouTube channel. So if you want to see us in full and all our glory and video, then uh, go over, search Game All Night on YouTube. Night is spelled N-I-T-E. And you can follow Chris on Twitter at Game All Night Show. And you can follow Dan on Twitter at Bartender underscore Dan. Uh, I have to say this, the, the production of, of their show is just so, so good. And I'm incredibly thankful. Like, thank the gods of Aspara that we do not have to do anything with video because it is a production and a half, and I do not think I'd be able to handle it. It would just be way too much. So check, check them out. Great polish. Such, such a fun time. And I hope you enjoy our little guest spot. Hello and welcome to Game All Night, the audio show, episode number 63. This week I am joined by the entire cast of The Incorrigible Party. For those of you who do not know, and maybe your first listen, The Incorrigible Party is a podcast of four adventurers and a stalwart GM who are going through an adventure and are about 40 hours in. Well, 40 hours in our time. So we are going to talk about the show, its formation, and then we will put up a spoiler warning, and then we will actually conduct what is called an after party. This is where we get into the crossover extreme part of our episode, and I get to take over the episode where they talk about everything that's happened up till then and focus primarily on the last few episodes. So... I will put this up front. When you hear the spoiler warning, if you have not listened to the podcast, I highly recommend that you stop listening and then come back at a later time. Actually, the feed should be in theirs as well. So if you do that and you listen to their show and you catch up, you should be able to get this show right then and there when it actually fits their timeline. So with that being said, the first two, you know, points before the break are, you know, spoiler free and a lot of fun. This crowd is hard to manage, but they were 
hysterical and I had a blast. So, you know, if you haven't checked them out, feel free to follow them. Uh, they are on Twitter, but if you just search for Incorrigible Party, you will find their podcast. And it's not too late to catch up. I find it very fun listening to these guys. It's one of the few that actually make it up to the top of my queue as soon as it comes in. I always have about a dozen podcasts to listen to, and there's just always rockets right to the top so I can stay current. Love these guys, and it's a blast. Well, enough of me yammering, so let's get on with the Incorrigible Party After Party Show. Welcome to Game All Night. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Game All Night. Tonight, we are going to be joined by five people at once. This is Insane Town, something we haven't done for quite a long time. So we have all five of them eating all the green M&Ms in the world in the green room. So in the meantime, Dan has poured us a drink. Damn, we're not we're not drinking beer tonight. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's crazy time. We needed something harder if we're going to do five people at once. So we needed to get serious here. So, uh, <laughs> or so, unserious you know, is the case, something. maybe. <laughs> um, so yeah, what I've uh, poured for us is uh, the Bernheim uh, wheat whiskey here. It mm. uh, it has a profile sort of like a, a bourbon, like a like a wheat bourbon, all uh, a Maker's Mark or a Weller's. But, uh, but technically not considered a bourbon. I don't think it, it has enough corn in the mash bill to qualify, but it still has that, like, that real, like, mellow sort of summer sipper flavor that you get from a, from a high wheat. Yeah. Um, what do you think? I like it. I like it. It's not as sweet, but it's not as, uh, doesn't have as much of the burn as, like, a rye has. Exactly. So I'm, I'm digging it. It's nice. Yeah, it's up my alley. It's nice. All right. Awesome. So tonight... We are joined by the five people who make up the incorrigible party. So say hello, everyone. Hello, hello everyone. everyone. <laughs> wow, that was impressive. I, I, I appreciate that. So let me introduce the entire party, and we will start clockwise because that's how we do things. So up in the top left corner, we have Emily, who plays the character Gozer, who is a half-orc, right? Yep. And what's the other half, Em? <laughs> okay. So we, we haven't figured that out yet. All right. Fine. John, uh, you play the the lovely Shaft, who is the, the the little stubborn halfling with a slight Napoleon complex, right? Absolutely not. He's the voice of reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the present company, that, that could be scary. Um, coming in over here at three o'clock, this is actually going to be Leland, who is the GM of the show, leading this crew through the entire escapade, as it were. The world builder, sir, welcome. Thank you for having us. This is great. All right. This is going to be awesome. So then we also have Bill, who plays the sassy wizard Falzerin. Sassy. That's accurate. Sassy. And Elena, the even more sassy Bryn the <laughs> Elf. Elfling, half elf. Yes. What is it? Just dark elf. I'm, I'm an elf. elf. I'm a right. I'm a wood elf. Technically. Wood elf. Yeah. All right. All right. So, what we're gonna do here is we're kind of sitting um, 
you know, we're into the adventure. About 40 or so episodes of The Incorrigible Party have actually happened at this point. And we decided this would be a good time to bring everybody on to kind of introduce you to the party, as it were. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the show and what you guys put into it, um, what brought it about, for crying out loud, because, you know, who wants to do this stuff, right? Who wants to put all your stuff out there? We, you two even doing new things. Bill and Elena have never done any kind of stuff before. So we'll kind of rock through that. And at the end of it, we're going to kind of do their after party, which we'll put up the spoiler tag where if you have not listened, you do not want to play with that. Um, because we want to save all the fun stuff for you all to discover. So we'll get into that towards the end. So how's that sound to you guys? Fantastic. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. Awesome. So let's start with Leland. Since you're here and you're first and you kind of created this entire world of Aspar, what did you, where did you come up with this idea for this world building that you did? I, I mean, I usually draw on lots of uh, pop culture stuff. Um, a lot of my characters are often very reminiscent of <laughs> iconic <laughs> pop culture characters as well. Um, and I don't know, I just, I, uh, I basically my inspiration really does come from a lot of the source material. Um, I mean, quite often I'll just browse through like the monster manual or whatever. Okay. And, um, and when I see uh some type of detailed description that kind of just draws me and then i i kind of i like to craft around it kind of thing okay awesome awesome so john and emily i have a feeling that you know you guys had to have been instrumental in kind of pulling this entourage together um because i really feel like you guys have always been around the podcasting space i mean you were a fan before i knew i had a show um, to be honest, so <laughs> you've been around quite a while. What what did it? What was the initial vision like, and how did you guys try to bring it all together? I, I think initially we sort of just all played around with each other on Twitter and just made fun of each other. And <laughs> then uh, as we started getting to know each other a little better, we thought, hey, we could do a podcast. Let's do something and. And we were going to do something with just the encourage called the Encourageable Club at the time when we originally started the idea, and it was just us mm -hmm. talking about different things. You, right. Most of it just making fun of me, and uh, <laughs> we put it together for a while to see how that would work out. And as we were talking, we decided, you know, we started talking about D and D, and hey, wouldn't it be fun to to play D and D like we're talking right now on like, Google Hangouts at the time? We thought, hey, let's give it a shot, and hey, why not record it? It'd be fun. So that's really how it sort of started out. So that brings me to Elena and Bill. You guys are brand new and never did an adventure to the point where at the beginning, if nobody's ever played, it's actually very nice because you get to learn a little bit more about the roles. And then Leland starts to back off with, you know, telling you everything you should do, which dice to roll, which apparently you know, Bill still needs occasionally, but <laughs> that's so true. The other the... part is that he can he can edit it out, right? So he still has right. to tell us, but which he doesn't always do. So what prompted <laughs> you guys to want to jump into this? Because I know you have a very busy life outside of here, but what prompted you to say, you know what, I want to let's do this whole adventure and then let's record us noobs doing this at the same time. 
I was I was probably the um, the most of a holdup for that. I had the most reservation. Elena was, I mean, she was she seemed pretty excited and eager to do it from the get go. Um, right. And I'd had I've had a couple friends that had dabbled around with D and D and. I've always kind of had some reservations about doing it. Um, but the three, you know, John, Emily and Leland kind of pestered us enough. Well, pestered me enough, really. I was the one who <laughs> needed convincing. Um, and um, actually, a, I think a big turning point was me listening to um, some D&D podcasts. Okay. That kind of, uh, um, I think, showed me what it can be like and that it, it's probably something that I would have fun doing and convinced me to give it a shot. Awesome. So, so, so for, for John, you guys have been around the space. Now this is your getting into producing content. What was, what was the reality versus your expectations? What were, were there any huge hiccups that kind of came up as a result? Technical issues, just getting everything never everything never works the way it's supposed to i don't know what you're talking about it works perfectly (laughs) first time every time right (laughs) yeah exactly yeah that was the expectation right yeah i mean i think from playing D &D standpoint i don't even think about us recording a podcast i just get in and play the game and and then we really don't think about until you listen back well because we don't have to do any of the work right leland 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 does everything right literally (laughs) does (laughs) I'd say he's the unsung hero, but it's not unsung. Everybody knows. So, (laughs) and if you stand still long enough, he'll tell you three times. No. Um, The one question I had is, you know, you guys, um, meaning John and Emily, um, obviously husband and wife, uh, not not obviously, but you are. You share a same last name, and you're. You're very, very comfortable if you were siblings and it'd be a little scary, but (laughs) 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 we can be weird on this show too. The, um, but the thought is, is you guys record separately, right? Yes. Yes. Now, what is the reason for that? We don't really like each other. I don't like him being this close to me. I don't like being this close to him. Um, it makes it easier for Leland. So if he needs to cut something out, he can just yeah, well, separate okay. the track. Separate, separate tracks. And yeah, I, I go down to my little room in the basement where it's nice and cool and comfortable. And she stays up here where it's hot and miserable. <laughs> it's, it's in here. I was just curious what the reason was. Because every time I see your picture of your recording, I see you two separate. And I'm like... Is there something going on there? Is there there's, everything's still no. happy, right? We might learn <laughs> What's going on is that Leland has to try to cut out Elena chiming in while Bill's talking and uh, yeah, things we, like that. So they're well, smarter and bought I, two mics. I'm equally guilty of it. But yeah, Elena and I have thought <laughs> we of... We like to chirp. ...have thought of buying a second mic and record doing what John and Emily do. Um, gotcha. Because we're bad at talking over each other and it's easy to fix that if it's two separate tracks but not if sure. you're talking to the same mic so and we yeah, get better luckily, at it bill's deeply monotone voice is very easy to tune out anyway so it's <laughs> no problem. you can literally no just no wipe problem. out that hertz band yeah, and yeah. it's That's just it, like yeah. well, <laughs> i got a filter for that <laughs> yeah, I got, I got me a filter, yeah. 
you know, I think Elena has that same filter. I, I think, you know, she just kind of tunes him out. Yes. It's just like, click, uh, what? Yeah. Oh, he definitely has it for me. I'm the one talking all day, all the time. Fair enough. Anyway, we digress. A little bit. And I'm I'm sure it's only going to get worse. So, so Leland, when you started this out, we started out following these characters through level one and you know the progression seems very natural it doesn't feel like we're oh we need to rush this so that we can get you up to levels to make this more interesting it really felt like the cadence lined up and was correct for how the party was formed and how it's going how have you found that journey to be from a dm side like ramping this up as we go along uh, for me, it's that's funny that you say that. Actually, and that's nice to hear too, because it it kind of feels like it's a little rushed, um, okay. in, in my opinion. And also, if you kind of look at the time that has progressed, like campaign time, it's been like three weeks, and they've like excelled at their yeah. chosen crafts, like you know, from <laughs> more like level one to five. I think they're at right now. Yeah, and like somebody um, one shotting, you know things out of nowhere yeah just, exactly exactly yeah. but uh it's also i think feels a little differently for us as uh we record in obviously our recordings are longer than what an episode release is right us. It's, it's less instances of recording and playing for us as uh episodes release so that's probably also why it may feel a little a little more accelerated than than what the the listener may feel Right. And I, but I think that, that there's an important balance there to have showmanship and have, you know, something that's in. Nobody wants to listen to somebody throwing around magic missile and using mage hand as much as Bill liked it, you know, at the beginning. <laughs> Look, we need to we need to play with this. We want to flip some levers and hear some switches. So it makes sense to kind of, you know, move it along. But it's funny that you say it's only been three weeks, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Poor Elena is like afraid her Amex due is about to come due soon and needs to get some, <laughs> some treasure because she's got. I need some coin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how has the um, journey felt for you all, being that you know you're new and you're coming into this? Did you find it hard to jump into Bill and Elaine, or was it? Did you find it very easy to kind of flow? fall into it or how was it initially? Well, we kind of touched on this earlier. John and Emily both said, oh, we just play D&D and we forget there's a podcast. I think that right. Bill and I were very aware it was a podcast <laughs> from the very beginning. Um, we talked about this in an after party too. Um, I think we've gotten better and more used to being like, okay, we don't have to be responsible for keeping the group together. Something like, our characters don't really like each other that much. No, so no, they don't. <laughs> we kept having this burden in the back of our minds of like, how do we keep us all together going in the same direction under the same goal? And I think that we were super aware of the podcast during those moments at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And we've just kind of let go of those reins a little bit and been like, well, Leland, we'll figure it out. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, it can be a struggle and, so I need to know, Leland, how many curveballs do you field? Because to me, I mean, when when I used to run campaigns and things, I mean, I was a kid. They were they were still like like literally magazines at that point when when we did this, and they felt very 
you go into the tunnel, you do the thing, this, here's the map and you do this, but you're definitely running something that's a little more open-ended. How is that from a DM standpoint when you have people doing completely crazy, unpredictable things at any given time? It's, uh, it can be challenging, but that's, that's what I enjoy the most uh, about uh, being the, the running the game. And uh, it's John in particular is a player that <laughs> likes to throw as many of those curveballs as he What's your can. name? What's your name? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shaq really likes dead. to just, yeah, he just likes to do his own thing. Stir um, the pot. And I, I would say probably every, every like three or four episodes, it feels mm-hmm. like a, 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 something's come flying at my head that I have to either dodge or, or you know, get a glove up and <laughs> deal with something. <laughs> And that's our show, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. And we'll figure that out later. So, so John, <laughs> let's be honest here. Are, are, you, are you just trying to be difficult or is it just kind of your nature to get in there and just kind of say? Playing the character. I really try to play Shaft as okay. I envisioned him. And... And I think we've had a lot of discussions off mic about, you know, why did you do that? And I would go back and go, well, this is the reason I think he would think this way. And, and I usually get people going, oh, so you aren't just being a, you know, jerk, jerk. <laughs> right. It just it certainly comes off that way because, you know, we don't have the full story. And probably the only person who does is you and Leland. And even to that point, you know. Leland might even know things about your character that you don't based on backstory. So when you all created your characters, um, how did you go about doing that? Because we weren't privy to that kind of concept. And I'll, I'll start with you, Em, since you kind of created a, you, you created a little ball of hot mess that's kind of <laughs> wandering around with an ax with all this muscle and kind of doesn't know what to do with it all. So. How did, how did you come up with your character and, you know, how much of it do you keep to yourself and how much do you give away? Uh, the second part's easy to answer. Most of it. Most of right. it I keep to myself is between Leland and I and the others really don't know a lot about Gozer. Um, she came about because I wanted to play a barbarian. I hadn't played a barbarian before. I like the half work. I've played that before and that just seems like a good fit. Mm-hmm. I've never played evil before, so I thought mm-hmm. that'll be interesting. It's hard, right. really hard to play an evil character and to remember that I don't want to help these people unless it's going to help me. <laughs> okay. um, so just just basically that, and then Leland and I just kind of work together to come up with uh, where she's from, kind of situation she came from, um, her home life, and I was like, well she's got to be someone that's going to become an adventurer and become more than a normal person existing in this world. Right. Uh, so what's going to give her that drive and that motive. And that, that's how I came up with, with all of that. Interesting. So Elena, how did you decide that you wanted to be an elf? Was it just, you know, they're cool. I like the ears. So... I can cosplay easily. You're, you're short, so it works. Like, what's... <laughs> I am short. Um, when we did the character creation, I think it's actually on the recording. 
Um, I, Bill and I both had a class picked out, but we forgot about race. <laughs> so I was kind of like pointed the direction of the elf as far as like wanting a dex bonus and stuff. Honestly, okay. that's how that came about. I had no thoughts until that episode where we created characters and they were like, you should be an elf. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so coming back to you, Bill, what did you think was the wizard like versus what he ends up being to play? What's the, was there has to be a difference, right? Like this is yeah. what a wizard is and this is what it ends up being. I mean, I come from like Lord of the Rings and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's kind of, that's, I think was a big uh, deciding factor in me wanting to be a wizard. So, you know, um, he's more, I, I kind of knew he was going to be squishy a little bit, but he's, <laughs> he starts out very squishy and not very powerful. Um, that ramps up as you level up as a wizard in D and D, but yeah, I mean, I've bag. always, what's that? Yeah. Gozer uses you as a yes, punching bag. Yes, absolutely. Quite a, a punching bit. bag that can't take very many hits. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it, it wasn't exactly. Powerful, but there's like a solid like 15 episodes where you don't even cast a leveled spell. So I think that's on you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Bill stingy. But mage hand's interesting. <laughs> I'm gonna mage hand that um, that doorknob over there because I can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's you know I kind of knew what to expect, but there's also you know I had. It doesn't quite mesh up with the wizards that I'm used to. Right. But that's okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, Leland, when you got these characters and you're looking at the party, and so so we're talking, we have, we have a rogue, we have a wizard, we have a barbarian, we have a jerk. <laughs> so... I know where this is going, yeah. So, so... <laughs> What's missing from this classic adventuring party? Hard. <laughs> well, I mean, where does the list start? I mean, it, it starts at integrity, bravery, <laughs> and, and ends in cleric. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> now, let's Wait, be honest. People, a cleric? Yeah. No, you don't, apparently. So, people are going to play what they want to play, right? And, you know, not everybody wants to play the supportive healer role. So as a GM, how can you find ways to mitigate that so that your party can still, you know, get into dangerous positions without the complete and utter fear of dying, even though there have been a lot of death saving throws thrown around, especially earlier. Yeah. So what's that struggle been like? Uh, yeah, that kind of uh, it makes encounter crafting a little a little difficult, I would say. And. I think I don't do a very good job either of giving the party instances of maybe finding additional healing. Okay. Um, although they do kind of seem to forget to go and pick some up every time they get into a city. Um, <laughs> that's definitely not on me. That's too <laughs> They're too busy going to magic, magic, magic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Um, but honestly, it does help uh, having Gozer. She really is like a tank. She is a beast. And... She's always up front and a lot of hits are always directed towards her. So like 
I think the you know the classes themselves can tr can really balance that stuff out even without a, a dedicated healer sometimes. You know, I also find it interesting as you know, will anybody take a split class to become get any healing abilities down the road? I'm curious to see what's going to happen as as not, we progress, or if they're going to say. <laughs> Fighty, fighty, punchy, punchy. <laughs> Great. Yeah, we like living on pokey, the edge. <laughs> Absolutely. We like arguing. We like not making good decisions. And yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah and you why you make decisions. A lot of times it just feels like we're just running around in the circle, going around the campfire. I, I tend to just even walk after Leland's edited it down, you know? Like we do it for 20 minutes and he leaves it in for five. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. You know, They're I'm glad I left some room at the top, Leland, because you probably need a halo after kind of running this party, I think. Because... Oh, don't suck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to suck up. Oh, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I think this is a great time to pause for a break. And, you know, maybe we will go see if, uh, you know, we can get Magic, Magic, Magic to sponsor the show, because I think that would be fun. So we're going to be right back. <laughs> after this. Coming soon to a city near you, Magic, Magic, Magic! That's right, Magic, Magic, Magic has locations all over Aspara just to serve you. Come see us for all of your magical needs. You want trinkets, you need wands. How about potion materials? Do you need scribing materials? Magic, Magic, Magic has you covered. So come and see what's new at Magic, Magic, Magic! Serving Aspara for many, 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 many years. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are still back, but let's talk a little bit more with the Encourageable Party. Again, I'm joined by Emily, John, Leland, Bill, Elena, all here tonight. And we are talking about the live D&D adventure show called The Encourageable Party or Encourageable Party, depending on how your accent lets you say it. <laughs> so, that's, you know, we encourage them to continue to do the show. So we're sitting at about 40 episodes, so there's been a lot of story that's unfolded. So I don't want to go into spoiler territory. We're going to do that at the end of the show when we do the actual after party and recap for you all. But up until this point, like what are some of the things that you guys are thinking about as characters? Like is there some big plot lines that are kind of starting to unravel before you that maybe you had started discussing that you can start to see and how is that kind of impacting how you play from week to week because it has to make an impact when you start to see things you know a person that you came in contact with again and i'll start off with you john because you've been awfully quiet which is really weird i'm not sure um <laughs> anybody who knows you knows this is odd so i'm gonna start <laughs> off with you like how has it been like for the emotional journey um, for Shaft throughout this process for you? Shaft has an emotional journey. Yeah, of course. I think. I think. One I mean, thing it's all negative, emotions? but he has an emotional journey. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> no, I'd say. Uh, I mean, we we have overarching objectives of quite a few of them, and I think each character has something unique that we do. Is we sometimes go off 
Mike, everybody else leaves, and each character has sort of a backstory or, or things that they're doing um, individually. And I think Shaft has, he, he has, a, of course, the main objectives, but he also has things that he's interested to uh, take care of mm-hmm. himself. Right. He is a, a bounty hunter type guy and sort of lives sort of in the underworld and he's sort of out for himself, but he knows he needs to use other people to get what he needs. And, and uh, these guys are great to use. And uh, <laughs> so I think, I think he had the idea really was I, I thought over time as we get to know each other as characters that we would grow closer together and that's not happened yet, but um, we're, 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 I think Shaft is, has got a lot of irons in the fire right now. And right. as a listener, I think you get you know a lot more about that. Uh, the other characters may not know so much. Um, so I think everything's questionable from all right. the rest of it every time I say anything. Even when I'm <laughs> and really trying to help, that's when they really don't believe anything that I say. Yeah. Right. right. And I think Elena kind of with Bryn's character is I think there's moments where you two kind of totally get along and you're like, we're in this together. And then all of a sudden that just changes <laughs> from one episode to the next. Now, Bryn, yeah. do you think that's intentional? Are you trying to or is that really like <laughs> your character mirroring what Shaft is doing? Uh... And we should be cut from the same cloth in Shaft's eyes. But okay. Shaft doesn't relate to Bryn as Bryn's like recent, like I'd say months even, like mm-hmm. months ago, not even a year ago, like her history. So I think there's some, like in Shaft's eyes, Bryn should totally understand what he's saying all the time. And Bryn is more annoyed by Shaft <laughs> the longer the season has progressed, like, later episodes so um yeah i don't know i think that it's just more of shaft's perception of Bryn is a little bit off interesting all right so leland you're getting all of this input you i I can't imagine what it must be like trying to get the the brain dump that they give you constantly and things they want to do so how do you try and incorporate some of these personal objectives and you know, personal relationships and things that the whole party doesn't know. How do you try to make sure that, you know, everybody gets a moment per se? Yeah, that's, uh, that's often uh, fairly difficult. Uh, And, you know, I just hope and pray that everyone does get a moment before (laughs) one of them might die. And we (laughs) don't get to Oh no. (laughs) But like, so, so all of their characters, that was also, uh, that was a, a lot of part of the, the world building aspect as well. For me, um, as I took a lot of the feedback from the, these, these characters and kind of their own histories and kind of was able to inject them into Aspara. So it's kind of almost seems like natural to be mm-hmm. able to do it. And uh, like this John loves to, to send me, you know, every so often an extra little paragraph or two of tidbitty stuff. That, hey, this could be cool. I was thinking about and. And, and those, those are things that I, I love to get from, from the players. And at any opportunity I can get, I, I can inject those in where I feel like they kind of still make sense to the story and don't feel like you're kind of getting beat over the head with a particular character or character's backstory. Hmm. So, so speaking of backstory, probably one of the, the more upfront ones, Emily, has been you. Your character's backstory kind of came out initially at least your impetus for becoming the adventurer 
the other stuff has obviously been very kind of close to the vest and held in secret and we're seeing it dribble out um throughout you know the course of your adventure um how much do you put thought into how is the past affecting my character right now like how much does that really factor into how you play everything that's happened very much affects the way that goes or feels um she's got a lot of weight on her right now without going into too much specifics she's not in a good place mm-hmm. and for a half orc that grew up amongst orcs that's that's really not good <laughs> so, <laughs> she uh, she's very much controlled by what has been going on and, and has been happening in her perception what's been happening to her mm-hmm. so it's not that she's going out and causing these things none of it's her fault of course it's it's all this stuff that's been happening to her and she's trying within her limited capabilities to deal with the situation. Interesting. By beating stuff. By beating stuff, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. her therapy is double-edged, so that's all. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. So <laughs> so why does she not like Falzerin? Where does that come from? <laughs> a weakling. He he's uh, so far not really proven himself to be a warrior. He's not worth her time. Okay. And the fact that she's pretty much saddled with him, and he's there, annoys her. Saddled with. Him. Right. You hear these? Come on, you got words back to that. Right. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Is stabbed with Falzerin or blessed by someone who's able to use mage hand repeatedly <laughs> smack <laughs> just, just keep brain dusting goes or see how see how that works um so bill that kind of does leave me to you because your character is you know probably like i can draw a line between most of the other characters and some similarities and some bonds that they may have that doesn't really exist for your guy he tends to be more of a a lone wolf and a closed book not trying to imply pun on spellbook or anything, but you know, now that you're actually learning how to copy and write, that's impressive. Thank you. But you know, <laughs> the uh, how how is it like playing this character who ends up keep who keeps building walls around himself because that's really what he's doing. Even though he tries to poke an olive branch over top every now and then, you know, half sincerely at least, but. How's that coming? Yeah, I think Falzern isn't getting a lot from his other companions, and so he doesn't feel like sharing a lot about himself either. Okay. Um, I think, um, yeah, in in the right circumstances, he he would be a lot more uh, open. Mm -hmm. But I think he's surrounded by people that just kind of are hard to trust and um, hard to figure out what their goals are and what drives them. So he's, I think he started out very, very naive and a lot more trusting and has very quickly realized that, um, you know, now that he's not on the island of Heraklion, this big world of Aspara is um, full of all sorts of different type of people who, Gotcha. Who might not be exactly what they claim to be. Hmm. So sounds like you just need a friend there, Falzi. 
Right. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which actually brings me great. It does. It's like, it brings that's the me burden over... of being the good guy. Right. It brings me over to you, Leland, because, you know, one of the things you've done is, you know, you have crafted NPCs. You've had both guests and normals um, and ones you've created as well um, who have tended to interact directly with Falzran. Is that because you kind of sense that gap and it allows him to maybe have something in this world that he can relate to? Uh, yeah, that's, I, you know, I never really maybe put it into words myself, but yeah, I think that kind of makes sense. Uh, some, some of them I will say though, uh, much like how Gozer feels, uh, the, these some, particular NPCs may feel like he's an easy target for their own nefarious means. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's mm -hmm. definitely because he is. It. <laughs> but uh also like that's also i think uh another way that i try to bring a bit more of falzern's backstory into the main campaign as like bill mentioned amongst the party themselves he's not getting much help in that department mm -hmm. cool so let's see some things coming up so as we record this you all are kind of getting ready because Elena, you are going to run a one-shot, if I'm not mistaken. Is that coming up um, soon? Emily is. Oh, Emily's running it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're running the there first was some one. Talk of, there was some talk of Elena running one. I, there's potential. <laughs> it out. It's a lot of pressure. There's potential for me to DM for the first time, but I'm okay. like extremely intimidated by the thought, so... It's I'm only everybody's fun that hinges on everything you say. I mean, I don't I know, know what the pressure right? is. It just That's seems so scary. <laughs> it like is. I've played I'm one campaign and one character ever, and I'm going to DM. Like it just, I've got the voices all on lock. Like I've got okay. those down. I've got like a handful of, of voice options, but. Can you make sometimes you, you, you yeah, sometimes you learn, more. Yeah, they all kind of end up sounding the same, just saying. Um, right. it's, it's really hard to keep an accent up, but although I will say that, you know, the the Leland women are are something else. That's, that's, that's by far a highlight. Because they're, all, they're all like breathy and vapey and like, oh, wow. You know, and Blake Lakely, He's a, he's a guy. Blake Lakely. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have also had a few special guest NPCs on. Um, now, I know you haven't released the episode, but we just saw Mr. Bonacor popped on for yeah. a guest appearance. Who else have you had on the show? Yeah. We've had... Uh, we've had uh, yeah, we've had Patrick Hillier. He was actually our first NPC right? guest. He kind of popular NBC guest cherry and uh who was after that we had uh Pat. mcdonald Pat was next. yeah mm -hmm. yeah and uh jt and uh christy wayland awesome both and, encourageable uh, from we, twitter day our most recent yeah exactly mm -hmm. part of just fellow encourageable clubbers part of the and encourageables, our most recent yeah. was uh adelaide gardner who's uh she's a rpg streamer she does a ton of tabletop Quit rpg stuff, stuff. yeah Right. She certainly hopped right in and felt very comfortable um, with her. She was her, good. Yeah. Her little bag of tricks was kind of awesome, though, I have to say. That was. Uh, mm -hmm. I liked I it. She was a lot of fun. 
pull people in from the board game world that, you know, we all talk about board games a lot, but um, there's, there is crossover there sure. in the RPG world. And we're trying to get people to see that it's fun to, you know, board gamers to see that it's fun too. That's part of the reason we did the podcast mm -hmm. is to bring all of our friends that are, that play board, you know, and it's amazing. A lot of them have played uh, RPGs in the past and they just got away from it for a while and they're happy to start getting back into it. I think it's it's one of those things that's hard, right? To yeah. you know jump back in, but with the ability of Google Hangouts and things like this, like you know, if, if you're up, you can probably find a game. You just need to set aside some time. Right. Uh -huh. So let's go around the horn real quick, and I want to ask each of you, like, what is some advice that you would give somebody who's starting out, either in a podcast or in the in even just basically running a D&D campaign or being in one. I'll let you kind of pick what you want to give, but I'll start with you, Em. Like, where would, what do you think would be some great advice you could give somebody that you wish you knew now, 40 episodes in? Oh gosh, uh, so with starting a podcast, um, find somebody who's good at editing and willing to do it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, find somebody else yeah. to do all the work. Step find one. somebody else to do all the work. Um, don't worry too much about the fact that people are actually going to be listening to you. Mm. Um, just have fun, enjoy the process as you go, and I guess yeah, that's it. Just just have fun. That that's that's the goal, right? Because we're not we're not putting this out to become Bill Gates. We're putting this out to have fun and to share. So, John, what's your advice for anybody who's doing anything? I always say don't get overwhelmed by the rules. I mean, when you look mm. and you see the piles of D&D books and, and everything, mm -hmm. you think it's going to be insurmountable and, you know, a lot of preconceived notions that, you know, what kind of costume do I need to wear to our D&D adventure <laughs> and, and things like that. Just, mm. just go have a good time with your friends. Don't worry about it. You'll pick things up as you go. If you screw stuff up, that's fine. Just as long as you're having fun and you're telling a good story. Uh, we we change rules and we make calls on the fly and a lot of the reason we do that is to show people that you know it doesn't really matter you're having a good time let's make the call and move on right and I think that the, the right there. decision is the decision you make in the moment right exactly excellent for Leland aside from saying yes to doing all the work um, what is some <laughs> advice <laughs> to maybe a new GM or somebody who wants to maybe get a group together and run them this through this I think that uh, you you it would probably be best if you did have a, a decent handle on the rules. Uh, but if some of your players are more, uh, you know, more frequent uh, tabletop role player games and they know the rules, then that can help you a ton too. I mean, you're all we always say like you're you're making this thing together, right? It's not mm -hmm. it's not my campaign; it's our campaign. So that that can definitely help and take. That's a lot not of what you off. said last week, but. <laughs> well, now yes, that in private I may say something different than obviously. Like, <laughs> ruining my campaign. We were going to say the, the my campaign. <laughs> and as far as uh, like actual like world building goes, um, I don't know because there's so many different ways to approach it. Like, I know a, a lot of people like say like, well, why don't you start with like a pre-made one-shot campaign mm -hmm. i've never ran one of those before i've always just done my own homebrew stuff so that's not the kind of advice i would give because that's not where i come from 
the advice I would give is I just put down a framework and then just don't be afraid to leave it empty and fill it in after the fact. Do you have a favorite system that you like or something that you would maybe steer somebody to, to starting with? Well, I mean, 5e, of course, 5e is obviously huge right now and mm -hmm. is just continuing to get bigger, but it's, it's, I think it's that way for its reason. It's, it's incredibly accessible. There are, there aren't, uh, there are a lot of rules. Yes, but there are not a lot of finer details that are necessary to enjoy the experience. I think. Excellent. Excellent. How about you, Bill? What advice would you give yourself from 40 episodes ago? Yeah. Um, I think Make I friends. was extremely nervous. <laughs> yeah. I was extremely nervous when we first started a podcast. Maybe more than anyone else. I don't know. Um, I was very hesitant to, to do role playing. Um, but a lot of that was... Um, preconceptions that were inaccurate but hmm. um i think you know i i have grown to fall completely head over heels in love with with role playing and D D, and um i would go back and tell myself you know just get over yourself it's going to be a ton of fun and you're overthinking it um it's you know it's an opportunity to to help create a fascinating and um really just exciting story that you see unfold on a week by week or however often you play basis and you get to be part of it i mean it's it's really awesome so i'm i'm glad that these guys all convinced me to do it um cool. and that's kind of i think that's if nothing else i hope that that we can convince a few people um to give DD a shot or role playing in whatever system you want to use um, from listening to our show Awesome. And I definitely think yeah. you have. I think you've made it very accessible. And, you know, by by showing that you can learn on the fly, I think is uh, it's been very helpful for a lot of people who might otherwise not try something because they're afraid of looking stupid or, you know, feeling like they don't know the right rules or, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know what 4D6 means. But, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. I still don't know what half of my spells do. And it's fine. I don't know what 46 are. <laughs> awesome. So how about you, Elena? What would you tell you from 40 episodes ago? Like, is there anything you'd change or do different if you were to start over again? I'm going to go with the first part of what you said. Like, basically, I got frustrated very easily I don't know, maybe like 20 episodes in, but like I got frustrated with like having this task mm -hmm. and then we have all these side tangents and like, I want to complete the task <laughs> and like, and, and it really is frustrating to not like accomplish the goal that's at hand because right. there's other small goals and things pulling me other directions. And then I think also like trying to keep the party together for the podcast was like, I don't know. I took that upon myself way too much and I've been able to let that go a lot more and Good. just, trusting Leland, which like, yeah. is hard. Hard, hard. Yeah. Generally speaking, DM. you know, level two you is not going to complete the quest and kill the dragon on, right. you know, the know. first week. That's but level generally two not how these work. To. <laughs> you just want to check boxes, but you know. I don't know how these things work. It's our first time, but yeah, that's how I felt. You'll get there in the end, I'm sure. 
I'm sure. Well, guys, this has been a blast. This has been a lot of fun. So what we're going to do is we are going to actually conduct an after party where we go into a little bit of the actual nitty and gritty and the detail of the show. So number one, if you have not listened up through episode 46, am I correct, Leland? 47. 47. So if you have not listened to there, then I, I implore you, turn off the show. It's fine. I'll be good with it and come back when you have it. Otherwise, we're going to continue on and we're going to actually have an after party. We're going to talk some stuff that went down. So I want to make sure that everybody gets that. And of course, I will put up a big glaring spoiler warning going forward. So we're going to be right back after this commercial break. Pontifications with Patrick Hillier. Hear about the new restaurant called Karma? There's no menu. You get what you deserve. All right, this is it. You've been warned. Adventurers, venture forth at your own risk. Peril even, peril. So Leland, why don't you walk us through what's happened? Because we normally during an after show, you talk about the last three episodes. So every four episodes you do an after show. So right. what has transpired in the last three episodes? Well, quickly summarizing uh, the party. Finally, they, they made it to the city of Pisces, which was I, I was quite frankly surprised they got there as early as they did, and Cauldron <laughs> was able to get to rally them and kind of get there <laughs> to his own to his own means. Yeah, nothing better to do. <laughs> yeah. Even when they, they know they, what what's in there, right? <laughs> yeah. But they they basically were going to the city to to get a boat so they could navigate this this tainted lake kind of thing and right. kind of continue their investigation on that. But they ended up actually kind of uh, ended up at the Jacked Eel. Mm -hmm. famous Pisces tavern so and, so the uh, jack deal i picture like an eel with like big arms like oh yeah, you know yeah. jacked like like something like yeah. a, a navy seal would have if he was named after an eel <laughs> That's, yeah exactly okay. right <laughs> all right and, and they were able to get some uh some information on erica which mm -hmm. who falls are needed to find and they had a bit of a, com a confrontation with her <laughs> I don't think it went as as well as Falzern wanted it to go. No. It yeah. yeah, so that confrontation is kind of weird. I think we have to get back to that at some point. It was very awkward on, on the listener end to kind of go, what? what oh, okay. <laughs> what did you think would happen? <laughs> like, knock, knock, knock. No, no. We mean we're here to kill you. <laughs> like, we prefer if you weren't around period but anymore there's no being around a bush we had a job to do let's just <laughs> right we did what we needed to do i yeah, yeah. goes her and brand we're gonna kill her as far as but I'm it was like a kid dead. coming back for halloween candy the fourth time it's like it was kind of like <laughs> it really was it was like look kid i'm on to you i'm sorry that's it uh, all right so then we had we had that whole incident with blowing yeah. up her poor house yeah she did yeah managed to survive and, and get away mm -hmm. and uh gozer took like, a, a nice little swan dive yeah, <laughs> off did. of a 60 foot cliff not a cannonball no oh, it's not very graceful <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and uh, the party kind of 
you just got to go, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> that was one of those times. When, yeah. The quickest way to get to her. She's getting away. Yeah, well, you didn't end up taking all that much damage either, so it wasn't that bad. Maybe I was a little lenient on you. There. I think you were very lenient. I was expecting a lot more damage. You said your roll was low. You rolled the well, D6, uh, right? Right. As, as for the falling damage rules, I did roll a D10 per 10 feet. So I did roll or six. D10, yeah. Uh, or, so yeah, six D6s. Sorry, a D6 per 10 feet. Did I say D10? Yeah. I rolled six D6. But then you have to. Rolled, rolled low. I did have it because she was going into water, and it wasn't wasn't too too high seven points of damage <laughs> no yeah it's only, nothing. Know, it's that's, that's a lot of ones <laughs> yeah. but anyway so gozer gets in the water sees what must be erica potentially is swimming out into the sea towards the infinite storm that plagues the coast of pisces and uh then the party kind of hatches a scheme to, to try to figure out whether or not they want to want to chase her or or, or what, and, and Falzer manages to, to convince them to continue to help him. And uh, luckily yeah, for the party... Better to do. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Luckily for the party, they Why were able not? to uh, procure some proper water transportation. Well, Falzer yeah. would have been fine with the rowboat going five miles out and then somehow <laughs> diving down into the water. And hoping the rowboat will still be there when you get back. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Being the voice of reason had to lay it all out for everybody. And, <laughs> and then, well, I mean, yeah. all Leland has to do is talk about these crabs in front of Bryn, and she's like, I can steal it. <laughs> Bryn, Bryn steal was itching to steal everything. She's and, like, I, I know. I can steal Bodie McBoat face over there. No problem. I got that. You just distract <laughs> them. Don't worry, no one sleeps on the boats in the middle of the docks at the end in the night anyway, right? Yeah. Like, right. Leland, what was going through your mind when she was talking about stealing boats? She's like, you're, you're going to try and steal a whole boat. <laughs> I did not know where she was going to put it or how she was going to move it. Was she going to, like, pull a David Copperfield and bust up the mirrors and smoke machine or something? I don't know what she was going to do. <laughs> I don't think I knew what I was going to do. She's like, I can find I'm the keys to the do boat. It. Don't worry. I got this. <laughs> yeah. And then, then like a, for a some reason, start, she'll right? roll. A push motor. Right. And and here's the scary thing, right? Because, you know, she did go and do that with the crabs, right? And she rolled mm -hmm. three nat 20s in a row. So, yeah, had, she, that was had she tried to steal the boats, those nat 20s probably would have come up then, and you would have had uh, to deal with it. You couldn't get I would have had to give him, give him a, a, a galley or something. <laughs> Oh, I rolled so well. Twenty crew like, boat so well. or something. <laughs> it's like, don't, yeah, you I think stole that's it, why but there's no fifty-two one... people on it. <laughs> I think that's why, even when I got the crab and it like smashed a building, like no one came to get me. I was just rolling so well. Well, no, I think that's because Leland wants to have some underwater fun adventure time, and you were really, you were really. I, what, Fine, give him I the credit. See the, I want to see the video of you all taking your long rest while she's off like, I'm just going <laughs> to, oh, I opened it up. That's great. I'm going to hop in. I'm just going to start moving levers now and just start seeing yeah. what the heck happens. Like, <laughs> I think you even left in when Elena goes, don't hate me, guys. I'm just having fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. 
So what was going through your all mind while she's off doing this? Were you guys like like going crazy? Did you even know about it? How did you play she was that? Gonna be captured and we were all gonna go. <laughs> yeah. In front of the mayor. Here we go again. Yeah. Those damn mayors. They're the worst. She is pretty damn stealthy, though. So I, I, I felt pretty comfortable she would be able to hide if something went terribly wrong. All right. The other right. thing about Shaft was Shaft was trying to just go to Erica and take care of her so that Falzerin would think it's done and dealt with, right? You said you thought Absolutely. it would be like a quick thing, like, oh, she's, you blew up her house, she's gone. All right, time okay. to go figure out this goo stuff. Like, if there wasn't a damn back door that went out into the ocean, we would she would have fell off into the, the burning pile, and we would have just left. And I would have said, "Job done, Falzer, and let's go uh, do our next thing." And uh, no, that wasn't possible. We had to. That's what you were hoping up. for. I don't yeah, know they were to let you just leave anyway. <laughs> it like, I mean, it was a fireball that blew the house pretty much to. Right, but I mean, I even said in the episode, it's not dead till you see it dead. Right. So, True. So, so, Bill, you gave people fireball beads. What are you thinking? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I mean, I, I definitely know Leland was surprised when you did this. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "You're you're you're doing what now?" To Bryn and Gozer, like, oh man. There was a bit of surprise and a bit of terror when I handed out a bunch of fireball beads to the rest of the party on Leland's part. Um, yeah, I mean, that was that was part of me bartering with them to help me finish the job, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. that. There's not there's not much in it for them to... How do you know Gozer wouldn't use it against you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Oh, my goodness. Well, you his took, own fireball beads. I would argue that if... If he hadn't actually used one in front of you all, that is a real possibility, though. Yeah, like Gozer legit. Had like I think Gozer would have said, "You wouldn't have known." Yeah, she wouldn't right. have known like, how you strong used the it was. Hand on you, and it did nothing. I'm sure you'd be like, "This won't do anything." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the most important thing that came out of that Illar interaction with uh, Erica is when Falzrin said i'm not here to kick you out of the club i'm here to take over for you right was, uh, Ooh, that, that was, was surprising surprising to all yeah. of us. There was and fun. i think that was about the third knock that that actually happened yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 had a working <laughs> oh, so many knocks on the door like, oh, no no we're no i mean i'm here to kill you sorry if that wasn't crazy <laughs> I was hoping she'd just bow out gracefully. Uh, so I think off mic, Leland mentioned this. Like, Bill chose, and you asked him to clarify where to place, like, where he was throwing the fireball. Yeah, right. And he said, the door. And you're like, you sure? Okay. Because afterwards, like, in a part where we're just chatting and, you know, taking a break, you're like, I thought for sure you'd throw it in a window. Hmm. I did, yes. What would be um, the implications of throwing it in the window versus the door? Well, because he just kind of threw it at the base of the building, and Erica basically had the, the building as cover. But if it went yeah. through a window inside of it, it would have been right next to her. So Mechanically, she, she could have turned out a little differently. <laughs> she had uh, full cover, wouldn't she have? 
or something uh, yeah. to that effect. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Total cover, basically. Yeah. As far as the mechanic goes, yeah. Right. Um, and if I mean, in my mind... Window, like... If it went through the window, it might have been partial because it might have hit the window and exploded on the window, but that still, she still might have had cover. That's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, it, it, at the very least, it might have prevented her from being able to escape the way she did. Right. Interesting. Well, it'll be <laughs> fun to see where it goes from here. The, um, the other thought is, is, you know, the sleight of foot. I haven't heard that recently, but you know, Ooh, yeah, there you are, go. Are we are we angling to get that in like an update, or is that going to be in six e? Or it's going to be in six e. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's been a couple emails back back and forth between myself and Watsi. Uh, <laughs> okay. uh, they, they've been very prompt to getting back to me. I'll say that's nice. Yeah, rejection it tends like to come leaning, quick. It's leaning towards a no by the by the kind of the tone. <laughs> I'm, I'm still really pushing for it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you guys have definitely had some emotional roller coasters. I think everybody has kind of had a big emotional moment at this point. I think, you know, Bill, it was kind of when you actually took up the offer from Erica, right? It was like when you actually kind of accepted that mantle, I think that was a big emotional moment for your character. Am I, I mean, wrong? Isabella? Isabella, yeah, sorry, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah, to yeah. kill Erica. So we haven't all heard that, but right. okay. <laughs> I mean, we'll assume that. It, I think we can assume uh, we, we that. All that put a, yeah. I think we've all put that together and we've all yeah. talked about it. Okay. Uh, pretty clearly. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking, when was Shaft's emotional? I'm. Have we heard that? Um. Well, I'll let him yeah, 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 out because I'm not going to spoil anything emotional. now. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 You're fine. You're fine. Uh, okay. No, I, I don't. I don't think. I think see, Shaft is. Uh, did Did you miss the spoiler warning at the beginning, guys? Did you miss? <laughs> it? <laughs> it's true for us too. Yeah. 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 Um, Shaft was the part on the sleeve, really. So everything. Oh, when yeah, was Shaft absolutely. emotional? That's what I'm. I'm confused. It's really hmm. small and crusty, but it's on his sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, it just looks like someone wiped a booger uh, on him. <laughs> and it's scratchy yeah, now. We... That's not good. <laughs> uh, like, probably six, seven episodes ago, uh, ago was probably one of our most emotional uh, yeah. episodes. Yeah. We had some, some real tears. You uh, <laughs> it was funny because you you even posted that, and I'm kind of like I had to be careful in my response because I'm like, well. We knew he, she, it was not going to last this long anyway. It was a surprise. So it was kind of. I think what happened was when it actually had when we recorded it that night, somebody posted on Twitter, well, that happened. Yeah. And then right. I think almost immediately after, somebody said, Did Duff die? Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 let's be honest. It's amazing that Leland really that he lived as long as he did. You must have rolled like amazing for him. I yeah, I'm very surprised uh, he lasted as long as he did. I mean, just the the hardships that goes it just put him through it day in, day out. I mean, I don't even know how many days he was actually with you as far as like campaign days, like. Probably less than a week, but man, he had a harrowing week. <laughs> he was the guinea pig, man. He was like the trap finder. Dude, Poor tie guy. the rope to him and let him go first. That was the best. 
Like, how much rope do we have? He gets a punji stick through him, and you're like, ah, walk it off. You're fine. <laughs> I'm not wasting Emily my says it's hard to play evil, but I don't know how much I believe that. Like, you had so many ideas of what to abuse stuff with. <laughs> that was definitely intense, though. I mean, that was kind of like, like, you guys, I can... I can tell you where I was the day that it happened. And when I heard it, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, it did. It really, you know, but yeah. that's and it kind of happened. And yeah. in, in, in like, it, I think it was enough of a surprise that when it happened, you're kind of like, oh, oh. And mm. and Leland just that role was just yeah. absolutely was brutal. brutal. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, he went, uh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. But I will say when he followed up with uh, describing Thuff's body, uh, you know, the pustules mm. and, and yeah, the explosion. so gross. Yeah, that really brought the the emotion home. Well, no, yeah. it was the pearl. The pearl's oh, what the did pearl. it. The pearl. That was the thing. The pearl. The pearl. Oh, oh, the pearl. He just yanked on that little heart string right there. Oh, yeah, totally. He did. <laughs> and of course, yeah, yeah. And of course, Bryn's all like, "You got anything on that body?" Okay. okay we i won't defend myself i discuss it in the after party episode i feel yeah. like i didn't know what i was doing and i just i regret saying it no you don't we were no, gonna go back we all mourn in our own way <laughs> right no gozer was not gonna let you do that i, I think one thing to note is, is, is moments like that i mean they say people that role play uh, mm -hmm. as a, a group you can you have memories like you have memories of going on vacation or right you know in real life memories because you have this vision in your head uh that you have of this moment i yeah. i when you talk about it i picture that moment it's in my true. head true it makes me sad yeah yeah, and uh, so that you know, there was some real emotion. She she had a hard time going to sleep that night. <laughs> which was, which yeah. I think this is a great time to ask Leland. Do we have any do we have any questions from the peanut gallery or any of the listeners that might be germane to this particular conversation? Well, uh, there is kind of a, a question from uh, Mike Caldwell. He's frequent questioner of uh, the podcast. Um, he's got a specific one for Elena. He says, mm -hmm. in a recent after party, Elena mentioned that Bryn was a bit sassy in the upcoming episodes. I was surprised <laughs> at just how moody she was even before her vision and the handprint left on her leather armor. She has seemed to be yeah. in a bad mood for the past six episodes, give or take. So question for Elena. <laughs> did, you listen, did you listen to any parts of an episode where you were off mic or was this sudden depression inspired by something you intentionally brought to Bryn's character? Ooh, that's a, that's a lot of questions. That's more than I ask. Okay, the moodiness, like the sassy moodiness was because Again, like I kind of talked about how I'm trying to let go of keeping the party together. Um, Bryn is like, okay, so if I'm going to go on all these side tangents, there's got to be something in it for me. And I literally have nothing to show for it. We are no richer, no magical items, any of the stuff that was quote unquote promised. So I think that was the sassiness. Um, I had maybe mentioned something to Leland and then there was something put into works, but I didn't know that it would come to me in the vision like it did, <laughs> which is awesome because Leland does a really good job of like incorporating it in a way that you might not expect. And so in right. character, my response was, 
was real and authentic in that moment because I didn't like I kind of knew where it was like pointing what it was what is it is and was pointing towards because you still don't really know um but it was like totally caught me off guard and it was really cool so good job Leland awesome but yeah I don't so, know so the, so just generally yeah. crying for no reason is kind of what I'm taking away from that. Crying. Um, well, you guys as listeners would know about Ciari, correct? So you right. would know about my friend and her death. And that wasn't that long ago. Right. And like in the wake of like all these different side tangents and battles and my hand print is on a contract for something, you know, like Bryn is all of a sudden like oh, should I be caring about this? Because she she's covered in the black slime and things like that. Like, Bryn, Bryn beforehand was like, why do I care about this? I don't care about this. I'm supposed to be taking care of these towers. Right. So I think it kind of brings her back into the story and gives her something to care about. Mm-hmm. So. Instead of just being sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, and I think the crying was a reaction that I had that was like, everyone might be surprised and be like, what's her deal? But like, I might get away with not being asked about it, which kind of happened. And yeah. um, also show another side of her. Like, she's not all tough. Like, I don't know. She's chaotic neutral, okay? She's not evil. Yeah. I, I think my, my favorite line from that series of episodes was Bryn is all sniffly and it's, yeah. I'm sneaky. I have my magic bow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love it. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I it covers tried. sniffles it was... with a plus one. It's fine. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> it was for sure to date like my most fun role playing. 100%. Like, I felt like ask bill i was actually tearing up and it was kind of fun i don't know i felt like i was actually acting so yeah, it was it good was i just let go i forgot for anyone was listening <laughs> yeah <laughs> all of us leland even on this side it, it was. was really yeah. awkward <laughs> it was almost as awkward as the third knock let's be honest <laughs> <laughs> the third knock Oh, I'll such a good nickname. Crown. Such a good I nickname. wish I had called the episode that. Man, Chris, I gotta <laughs> the send you a few episodes ahead of time. Maybe she'll like, understand thanks. it if I phrase it this way. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That was, what great, else? that was a great question. So what other things um, have you guys discovered in the last couple episodes that maybe you didn't know before about each other or each other's characters there's a lot more to falzarin than we apparently ever considered yeah falzarin has fins or something i don't, I don't know he can breathe yeah <laughs> something, something happened to falzarin in his past that we previously just, have not been at all concerned about he just, he just likes to swim there's nothing wrong i mean growing up on an island Naturally, he'd spend some time at the beach. Nah, there's something more to it. <laughs> oh, Again, we know. And we know, yeah. Is this like Waterworld Part 2 action going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pull his robe down a little bit. He's got gills running down his neck. <laughs> right. I'll have to have him digitally altered after the fact. It'll be great. <laughs> you know, Brindle Absolutely. was sort of afraid to go into the cave and get into the water. And right. now he's... Uh, and yeah. he grew up on an island. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Maybe well, just didn't want to get into the water little... with Falsy. I or maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe yeah. Falsy and Brendel a little closer than we thought. Maybe the, the running joke is that Brendel's the next to go. He's just fine. <laughs> 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 Yeah, no, go to Tokyo he's and Brendel. He's, he's, he's a goner. Switchy and useless. But he's oh, your no, healer, Brent. guys. Come on. You yeah. needed one. He's you were provided. Really. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Really, no. Look, nobody could have saved Thuff. Get over it. It's not going to happen. <laughs> that role was ridiculous. That was... <laughs> I mean, as far as... As far as Brendel's concerned, he saved Gozer. I mean, she's still kicking. So right, right. exactly. Yeah. Gozer saved oh, Gozer. Come back. As, I think yeah, as far as he knows, there. you're not showing any more symptoms. You haven't punched That's him lately. I, <laughs> I think he does keep a couple more steps back, typically now. <laughs> yeah. He's not willing yeah. to get as closer. Yeah, just out of so axe reach. He's a quick learner. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, uh, you know, I think, you know, Falzern and I had some moments recently, and I think we've become a lot closer friends. Wouldn't you agree, Falzern? I guess I we we're... haven't heard those. Yep. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> You're so quick to back you up on that. I think Falzern wants... I think we've said in after parties that Falzern feels the Shaft is the most trustworthy of the bunch. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Falzern and Bill have different opinions, but um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's true. Based on interactions we've had, that Shaft has pretty much always uh, followed through with what he said, and most most things have been at face value. You know, turned out to be what they were supposed to turn out to be with Shaft. So. Exactly. Falls in probably out of anyone. That is so it's ambiguous. Just a commentary on how bad Falzern is at judging people's character. But we're in the spoiler <laughs> section. Are, are Emily and I allowed to hear what happened? What's this bonding experience? Don't, don't worry about it. Does it have to do with a certain friend in common? <laughs> I'm thinking it's your yeah, friend that you have in common. We're all friends with Thuft. Mm-hmm. We're all friends with Thuft. All right, we're right. big, big capital W. <laughs> yeah, um, awesome. So, is there any any fun hijinks expected ahead? Like, what what are some things that we should maybe tune cool. in for the next couple weeks? Is there anything we want to, you know, who's getting their moment? What's coming up? Oh my! Uh, well, as we oh, no. mentioned. Um, we Our next episode, I guess, say. is uh, Stephen Bonacore of Stronghold awesome. Games. That's a great episode. I'm sure everyone will yep. enjoy that. Yeah. But uh, a little so before that, we kind of we we don't they, say it. They chase after Erica. I don't. If, right. you, if you're at all interested in kind of whatever conclusion may come about it, but uh, they pursue, and uh, it's a bit of a. Doozy. If you want to see Barry the Badger. He may make an appearance. Oh, that's very oh, yes. yes. <laughs> Barry may make an appearance. Uh, the yeah. others might use their fireball beads. We'll see. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Fireball beads thrown. Uh, Barry gets a little caught in the crossfire. <laughs> yeah. Brendel is useless. Roasted Brendel badger. is useless. <laughs> oh, useless. 
What Brendel didn't tell you is that he's of only level one, so he can oh, only yeah, one D four. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe there's a uh, a shipwreck or two right. in in play. Yeah, awesome. we'll see. Yeah. Some awesome. exciting episodes I, for sure. I, I I will say actually kind of a, a game all night exclusive for mm. uh, for Oof. Emily's one shot coming up. I have my character pretty well fleshed out. I think we could I could probably spoil. I'm playing a, a a goblin fighter rogue wizard with a French accent. Jacques. <laughs> Jacques. Yes. <laughs> oh, that sounds. Oh. I'm excited to hear Leland play for once. You know. Like it's gonna be good. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll yeah. be fine. Awesome! I can't I'm wait to hear that. Yet. I think that'll be a that'll be a fun change of pace. That'll be interesting. I, think I so may too. or may not be a bard that just quotes, you know, the divas of of our time. You know, yeah. so just maybe the the, we'll the one who can only speak in John Lennon lyrics, like the only. Yeah, thing I'm only say. gonna speak in. I won't limit myself to John Elena, Lennon, Elena but I will like only speak in lyrics. Backstreet Boys. Insane. Um, and uh, Spice Girls. Beyonce. You know. yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, but... Ward. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we want to attract yeah. more listeners. Oh. I'm yeah, a millennial, <laughs> okay, Chris? Come on. It's okay. It's what okay. do you I expect? Don't judge. I don't judge. Oh, okay. yeah, Chris. There's something he said. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we won't go there. We, <laughs> we remember first edition. Let's just saying, just saying. Um, Oof, that's a long yeah. time ago. Yes. I mean, well, I heard of D and D through Stranger Things. That's a millennial oh, thing. Boy. It's true. No, no. You, <laughs> unless you grew up during Satanic Panic, you you just that's don't right. know. In a Christian school where I wasn't even allowed to bring it in, I had to sneak it in, like legit. So. Oh. Never played it, but I brought it. <laughs> well, that's half the battle, they say. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Well, this has been a lot of fun, guys. I have loved doing the after party with you. This has been great. Um, when you guys have the, the TPK, the total party kill, um, I certainly want to have you back on because, well... That might be next week, so I yeah. don't want to necessarily have you on <laughs> that true. quick. But, you know, we'll... Uh, We'll definitely get you back on in a little while and catch up and see how you all are, are making out. But if you all at home have not listened to it, I highly encourage it. It's a lot of fun. And uh, Leland is very, very good with the editing. As you've seen tonight, um, there's a lot to edit. And he is very adept at keeping in only the very pertinent stuff and you know in a DD show i think that that's that's really crucial so good job there sir and of course you guys are crazy as always so we're you know, okay we'll, all right we'll, we'll let you have your crazy so um follow along at home and have some fun so let's go around the horn where can people find all of you if they want to follow you, they can find the whole Incorrigible party online at Incorrigible Par on Twitter, or you can search for Incorrigible Party and you can get to the website. And remember, that's Incorrigible, not Encourageable. Um, so there, yeah, there one will over. not get you there, one will, spelled with an I. Um, Emily, if somebody wants to follow you, where could they do that? 
I am Emily D333 on Twitter. I am uh, Art of Emily Rose on Instagram, I think. And I yep. have an Etsy store. Yep. Um, I shouldn't have this crap memorized, but I You don't. should, you should. I have, yeah, I have Etsy Critical store. Critical Hit Designs. It's all linked to the website. It's all linked yep. to the website. It's on there. All right. <laughs> Excellent. And John, people find you? Uh, you can get me on Twitter. Good enough party. Is, yes. Uh, where you find me. Good uh, enough. Feel free to, to <laughs> put a comment in or whatever. And if you get caught up in an incourageable thread, God help you. Uh, yes. Yeah, I hope you get yeah. a charger. <laughs> it's all yeah. downhill from there. And um, John is the one who can accept by far the most duration and um, sass that you can throw at him. He's definitely the yeah. best one for that. Target him specifically. <laughs> <Thanks>. Selena, <laughs> if you want people to follow you, because you do post occasionally, I see you out there. Uh, yeah, I'm not on Twitter as much, but I mix looking on Twitter. On Instagram, I'm A-J-E-O, figure that out, um, A-Y-E-J-A-Y-E-O. And also, our two cute little doggies, if you like dogs, they have their own Instagram. I'm going to plug it right now. Do it. Frankie underscore and Fitz. Frankie with an I-E underscore and underscore Fitz. And they're adorable. And I think it's appropriate that you tell us your dog name because, Bill, what's your handle? <laughs> oh, right. That's true. He hasn't changed it yet. <laughs> yeah. That's a long story. It originated as a, a throwaway Twitter account that's now become... That became incorrigible. My main squeeze. Yeah. There you go. So Fitzy, Fitzy Simmons, uh, which is the long version of my dog's name, my dog Fitz. So that's me on Twitter. Fritz, um, I'm confused. <laughs> you He's are not just German. one of the few trying to annoy us. Oh, yes. Come see our Fritz on Instagram. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, it's yeah. Oktoberfest. There's, there's an NPC voice you could use. Yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. There you go. You so, need Fritzy running around in his lederhosen. It's going to be great. Yeah, Hi, yeah. I'm Fritzy. I am on Instagram, but I, I don't post there near as often as What's I should. Your... On Instagram, I'm bladio 22 b-l-a-d-i-o excellent excellent and mr steel buns of steel where are you can you be found i am on twitter leland underscore steel um we're actually encouragement party is on uh instagram as well uh, right. i think it's just at encouragement party right and for those americans steel is not spelled like remington steel s-t-e-l-e no it's just s-t-e-e-l Right, like the so, metal, like the leave smart, off the last sturdy, e for dependable, savings. reliable metal. Yes, right. Outstanding. This has been a lot of fun. I think um, we need to have you back uh, next week to play a quick game. What do you guys think? Absolutely. You up for yes. it? Oof. Yeah, let's yeah, do it. All right. All right so sure. please remember Only the exact. You need to remember the exact clothing you're wearing, um, because in a week's time. <laughs> And this is exactly what we need it to look like. So we have continuity. All right. Fair enough. All right. Excellent. We're so we'll, we'll see you next week and be sure you guys role play the crap out of it when you game all night. Good night. Thanks for watching this week's episode. Join us next week when we play a game with the guest. If you enjoy our content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Be sure to follow us on all forms of social media. 
Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook are the best ways possible. Simply find us by searching for Game All Night Show. And of course, check out our website at GameAllNightShow.com. This Week and Each Week is made possible through the generous support of donors like these. Be sure to subscribe below and check out our latest videos. Just thinking back, Leland, when we first started harassing each other on Twitter, which there's no other way to describe it. Like, chime in whenever you want, Dan. Dan. He's like, I can get Sorry, a word Dan. in edgewise. Yeah, These guys like... are ridiculous. Because what the show really trying... needed was a seventh voice. I was trying to remember my outfit for next week. I didn't realize we were playing this right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Chris Whiphand, and I've been the host of Game All Night. You can find us all over the internet and check out our show where we interview guests from all around the board gaming industry, uh, from artists to concept designers to publishers, producers, uh, online content creators, designers, you name it, I try to have them on our show. So if you want to give us a look, you can find us everywhere at GameAllNightShow.com. And don't forget to spell night, N-I-T-E, because we can't spell, or that's the only thing that was available. So check us out, and thanks for letting me invade your episode of The Incorrigible Party After Party. <laughs>